welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Today we're going to be jumping into uh, Scripture Mark 9, 15. And before we do, I'll give you a moment to get there. If you didn't bring your Bible, that's cool. There's an app. If you don't have the app, that's cool too because we'll put it on the screen here in a moment. So <laughs> don't worry about it. But it's important to know what this is. Like a lot of you are like, yeah, that's a Bible. Of course, I know exactly what that is. But a lot of us look at it as like, man, this is a rule book of a whole lot of things I've got to try to learn how to follow so that I can earn the love of God. And we want you to know that that's not it at all. This is the Word of God. This is the God-breathed, inspired Word that is a love story about a God that so desperately loves you that even though we separated from God because of our mistakes as mankind, that he sent his son to die for us. And that's what we celebrate not only in this Christmas season, but every single day and go, man, this is a beautiful story about a God coming to get his people and how much he loves them. So if you can open with me or if you've made it there, if not, we'll throw it up on the screen. Uh, Mark 9, 15. And the text that we'll be looking at today is... Um, I'll give you some context in a moment. But as soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. That word wonder is an incredible word, and that's today's topic of our message will be wonder, where we'll get to talk about the wonder of God. But I'd like to pray first, if that's cool. God, thank you. Thank you that you are here and that you are with us. We pray that your presence would be in this place, that people would experience your love and your joy. And I pray that you would help me to get out of the way so that you can do what only you can do and reach the hearts of the people that you so desperately love. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. So Christmas time. I bet everybody's pumped and everybody's just living in wonder of Christmas, right? You got your list. Have you bought everything for everybody you need to? Um, but I want to take you back for a moment and think about Christmas when you were a kid. When you lived in this wonder. You had a wonder of Christmas where you just anticipated the days. Right now, three boys, seven, five, and three, Matthew, Micah, and Malachi, and they're at that state, and it's incredible to get to watch them as they anticipate Christmas. So we let them know Christmas is about Jesus and the birth of Jesus, but it's also about gifts, right? That's what people are accustomed to. That's what kids think about. We went to Home Depot yesterday, and we made a countdown where they give you these blocks, and now they've each got a countdown in their own rooms. There's a countdown on a table. Like, we've got four or five countdowns throughout our house. Anybody else with me? Anybody have all those countdowns? It's like, okay, do they all match? Before Melissa and I even wake up, they've already changed it to how many days it is till Christmas, and they wake us up for that. They say, hey, today's 16 days till Christmas. And they are just anticipating it because they have this wonder of Christmas. Now, maybe you can go back there for a moment and think of a time when you had that wonder of Christmas. You couldn't wait until it came. You couldn't wait until it arrived. You couldn't wait to run and look under the tree and say, what is there? Because you had this incredible wonder about what gifts you were about to receive. Now, at some point, and maybe not, maybe some of you are still living in that wonder because you've got some people that give really awesome gifts. Can we get some hands up if you're like, yeah, that's me. I know some people, or I just give them a nice list of exactly what I want and it better be there. <laughs> But some of us, are, you know, we've kind of lost some of that Christmas wonder. We've come to a place where, all right, it's the Christmas season. Black Friday came. I got to get the deal so I can buy gifts for people that they'll really like. But it stopped being a wonder of Christmas and started to be more of a wonder if Christmas. 
Like, I wonder if this Christmas is going to be good. I wonder if this Christmas I'm going to be able to get along with my family. I wonder if this Christmas I'm not going to feel so alone. I wonder if this is the Christmas that everything changes. And we're living in this wonder if state of mind. And it reminded me as I was preparing for this message of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody seen it? Christmas classic. All right, raise a hand. I'm just going to, black and white version? Or do you like it in color? <laughs> we got some both. Majority are like, no, we're nostalgic. We need that black and white. The youngins in the room, don't worry. We'll, we'll watch the one in color for you. But the overview and the summary of this, muse- of this movie is tragedy takes place for this man in a way where his life just feels like he can never catch a break. Nothing seems to go his way at any point in time, and he even contemplates ending it all, where he has this guardian angel show up and show him what life would have been like, how it could have been different. And there's lots of movies like that around Christmas time, right? Like, man, I wonder if life could have been better. I wonder if life could have gone this way or that way. But ultimately what happens is even though the challenges that he faced within his life, he would have never traded in what he actually encountered and experienced for what he was being shown. Because he had seen the love through it all, through the challenges, he built a relationship and had a wife. And spoiler alert, if you've never seen the movie, I just ruined it for you, but it's still worth watching because lots of people watch it every year. But today what I want to talk to you about is that same wonder in God. Are we living in a wonder of God or wonder if God? I wonder if God loves me. I wonder if God cares about me. I wonder if God sees me. I wonder if God knows I'm hurting. I wonder if God exists. Is he even real? And today I want to share with you, he's a wonder of God. He's not a wonder if God. And one word, one tiny word, one change of one tiny word makes all the difference from if to of. One letter, an I to an O, can make all of the difference. And I love the English language, and I love to study things. And when you look up the definition of wonder, there's two definitions that pop up. There's one as a verb and one as a noun. Verb action, something that means movement. A noun is a person, place, or a thing, something that is just there and is real. Now, as a verb, that's wonder if. That's curious of what's going to happen or what to expect. But that curiosity is normally hinged in doubt. When you wonder if, it takes a lot of energy to wonder if something's going to happen, to wonder if this is going to happen in my life, if I'm going to get that job. It requires a lot of thought, and it can consume you. But wonder of, wonder as a noun, that's looking at the awesomeness of something beautiful and magnificent. Being in awe of it. And we have a decision that we get to make. That we can say, you know what, I'm going to choose to be in wonder of God. I'm going to live a life of, I wonder if God. But there is so much joy that comes in a life filled with wonder of God. And a way to express this well is to look at the life of Jesus. If you ever have a question on how to do anything in life, just think of Jesus. Jesus. 
And I get emotional because I know what he saved me from. But there's this moment when Jesus goes up on a hill and he takes his two buddies with him. Peter and John, he always takes them places. And what's really cool is when he's up there, it's the moment of transfiguration. It's a real fancy word, but it's like they got to see him in all of his magnificence. And he's hanging out with Moses and Elijah. So it's incredible. In that moment, Peter is like, hey, should I put up a tent? Can we just hang out here and stay here forever? You ever have those moments where you're hanging out with God and you're away from all the problems that life throws at you? You're like, I just want to chill here. This is just where I want to stay. But at that same time, at the bottom of the hill, something else is going on. There's three different groups of people on the bottom of that hill. The first are his disciples and the people that are following Jesus. Now, they're just waiting for him to come back. Like, okay, what's next? I'm ready to follow him. I believe in his mission. I believe in all he's doing in and through our lives. So I want to follow him in whatever comes next. The second type are the Pharisees and Sadducees. So those are just the religious type of those times. Those are the people that opposed Jesus because they didn't like what he was doing. He was disrupting things. He was disrupting religion. They had an order to it. They put themselves above the people and said, here, we get to oversee and dictate whether or not people have the right to encounter God. Are you following all of these rules so you can earn a relationship with God? Like, that was a sign of religion, which Jesus opposed, because Jesus is about relationship. But the third kind, the third kind of people that are there are the ones that are curious. They've heard of Jesus. Some of you in this room might have heard of Jesus. Someone invited you today, and you're like, no, I'll give it a shot. I'll show up and see what happens. I'll listen. And you're just curious. Is Jesus real? Is he for real about this? And as Jesus comes down, and he tells Peter and John, he's like, no, we got to go back. Like, this is great, and it's important. It's important to go and take time with God and to be in those moments. But Jesus knew he still had a mission to take care of. So as he came back, there was an argument taking place. There was an argument going on between his disciples and the religious type. Because this kid was possessed by a demon. And in that day and age, there were certain types that were more difficult to cast out than others. And this was one that would make the child mute. Because in ancient Jewish law, they believed that in order for you to be able to call out, anything that is taking on and consuming someone in that way, they had to be able to identify what their name is to call it out. But the child was mute, so they thought, this kid cannot be healed. Some of you are facing some things right now, and you're like, man, this just seems too big. This seems too difficult. It seems too hard to be able to overcome. But there's nothing God can't do. See, because Jesus comes down the hill and he's like, hey, what are you guys arguing about? What's going on? And he drives them out. And this child is healed and a miracle is witnessed. See, but what I love about this is that's what brings us to our text here today. So Mark 9, 15, all right, if we go back to that for a moment. And it says, as soon as all the people saw Jesus save that kid, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. Is that? Like, where did this fit? Where did this fit in that story? It had to happen afterwards, right? No. Jesus came down the hill, and people were in awe. They were in wonder of God, in wonder of Jesus, and they went to him. 
See, but there's some of us that are sitting here like, man, I can't be in wonder in God because I continue to wonder if God's going to show up. I wonder if he's going to perform that miracle in my life. I wonder if he's going to help me. I wonder if he's going to save me. I wonder if he's going to be there for me. I just continue to wonder and wonder and wonder. But that's what not, these people didn't do that who were waiting on a miracle. That father who wanted his son saved wasn't waiting on that. He said, no, I'm going to live in wonder, in wonder of Jesus in this moment right here and right now because I know based on what I've heard that he can do anything. Yes, we can celebrate that. Because that's who he is. We do not have to wait on our miracles. We can have wonder in God. We can have wonder and belief and faith in who he is. Because he is a God of wonder, not a God if wonder. But the life that we live in right now is like, oh, seeing is believing. You see it in all these movies. Like, no one believes in Santa anymore. Seeing is believing. We've got to see him, right? Like, all right, if, if it happens, then I'll believe it. I have to see it to believe it. But that's not what faith is. That's not what God has called us to. Because Peter in 2 Corinthians said we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Because he was trying to tell people, like, you, you're not going to be able to see it all. In that moment when Jesus came down from the hill, they couldn't see it all. They had no idea what was about to take place. But they had some faith. They had faith enough to live in wonder in that moment to say, I am in wonder of God, and I'm not going to wonder if God. Are there any people in here today that are like, yeah, I'm tired of wondering if, and I'm ready to have wonder in and wonder of God? Is there anybody in here? Because I know I'm tired of wondering if things and saying, I want to have wonder of God. Soul Revival Church did not start because we wondered if God was going to do something. There were moments of it, I'll tell you. There were moments where the enemy tried to say, nope, you're not qualified, you can't do this. You shouldn't be there. But God's like, no, have wonder of me. Don't just wonder if I'm going to do something. Have wonder of who I am and what I've called you to do. And we've got a team of people that have felt that same thing. Like, okay, I'm going to rise up and do what God's calling me to do so that we can live in wonder of God. And the beautiful thing about Scripture is that oftentimes if you read something, you might go, okay, what does that mean? And Scripture will often interpret Scripture. So you might go, okay, well, what's faith? I want to have faith. I want to have this kind of faith. What does that kind of faith look like that I can have without seeing what's going to happen next? And if you look to Hebrews 11, 1 to 3, it says, Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And at Soul Revival Church, we believe in the word hope has a very specific definition, and that's a confident expectation of a greater tomorrow based on the character and promises of God. Because God will do what he says he's going to do. He will do that. And we have faith in that. Even in the midst of trials and circumstances that we're facing, we may not feel it. It might not feel good in the moment. You might not see a way out. And I get it. That's how we like to live, right? We like to add everything up, lay it all on the table. I'm like, all right, here are the cards that I'm dealt. Can I win? Here are my cards. What can I do? How do I succeed and achieve it? But God's like, no, you have to live by faith, not by sight, because that's where miracles happen. God will make things visible that came from the invisible. But Paul goes on to say, and Paul, Hebrews, so I just want to step backwards because I said Paul. Hebrews, no one really knows the author of, but they think it's Paul because of the style of writing. 
So when you read through different books of the Bible, it can tell you who wrote this, and it helps you understand contextually what's going on there. Uh, so Hebrews, I like to think that Paul wrote it. They don't know the author, I'll give him credit. Uh, but this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What was seen was made out of what was not visible. Like, that's incredible to me, the thought of that, right? If you were tasked to create something, like my kids have Legos and they love to play with Legos. Well, if we were missing one piece of the Lego, it's like, oh, can't make what that instruction guy told me. See, but when you have faith, when you have a confident expectation of a greater tomorrow because of who God is, you can do things and see him do things that the instruction manual is not going to show you because he's got some pieces. Yeah, he's got some pieces that he's about to use that you can't see. So that job you just were told, nope, not today, that's because he's got a better job for you. That relationship that doesn't seem like it's headed anywhere, that's okay because he's got someone better for you. But there's some things he wants to do in our lives first. I'm not. Patience is difficult. It's challenging. So when we're faced with trial and we have to sit and wait to get somewhere, we don't like to be told no. But if there's any parents in here, can I see any parents? We got a lot of parents, which is awesome. And if not, you're a child. So you've heard your parents tell you something before. <laughs> but when you live in a moment and your parents tell you no to something, it ticks you off right then. Like, what? But I want it, right? I want it. But they love you, so they're watching out for you because they feel like you're not prepared for it yet. But we'll often look at God and go, okay, well, I've asked for this, and he hasn't given it to me. But have you aligned your heart to his desires? Are you living in wonder of who God is? Because when you live in wonder of who God is, your desires become his desires. And then you see him use you in a way that you could never imagine, but it's because you're saying, all right, God, I'm not going to continue wondering if things are going to turn out how I would like them to, but I'm going to live in wonder of the God who loves me, who sent his son to die for me, and who is allowing me to live and breathe each day. I'm going to live in wonder of that God and trust that he's going to use me to make the impact he needs me to. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. But it's, it's such a fine line. That switch from if to of, the I to the O. That sounds like a rap song. I won't go there, but. <laughs> but he's a wonder of God, not a wonder if God. And I, I like to look at the Bible and find other people that might resonate with moments that we're in or challenges that we might face. And I love David. You'll probably hear me talk about David because David lived an awesome life. Like most of them know of him based on slaying Goliath. And I talked about it in my last message. But this is a little bit different. So in the book of Psalms, David was the author of many of the prayers and worship songs that are in there. There are some other authors as well. But I love it because he's so raw and so real with who he is. If he was struggling or he was frustrated, he would let God know but he'd work it out through his prayer. He would work it out through his song. Because many of you are sitting there like, man, I continue to wonder if God, but I don't want to go to God with my wonder if because he might not like me and then he won't let me experience his love and I can't go to him till I get it all together. But that's not who God is. God's saying, live in wonder of me and trust me and I got you. I don't care what you're experiencing, the pain that you're experiencing, how, how far from me you think you are, I'm right here and you can come get some love. You can come into my arms and experience my love and my joy. And David knew that all so well because David, yeah, he did some awesome things. He did some messed up stuff too. 
But I want to read a few different excerpts um, from Psalms here. And I want to start in Psalm 17, 6 through 9. Now, this is a prayer of David's where he says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love, you who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who are out to destroy me, from my mortal enemies who surround me. He was asking for that wonder. It's okay to ask God. It's okay to identify like, yep, I'm in the wonder if phase. I continue to wonder if, but God, I want to be in wonder. Show me your wonder because I want to live in wonder of God. And, and David, he, was, he had people coming to kill him. They were trying to slay him. And we're all dealing with some stuff, I know it, but you probably don't have people trying to take you out. And, and if you do, man, that's real. <laughs> that's some laughs too, but there may be, may be, you know, but if David can do it, you can. Where he's making the decision to say, God, I'm going to pray to you right now, I'm going to talk to you right now, because I need you, and I need your help, and I need your guidance, and I need your love. But he's praying to God saying, please show me the wonder. Now, historically, they can't tell if this, this next uh, verses I want to read to you are in response to this or not. But I just, I just love thinking that way. Because what's really cool about Psalm 3121 is that David said, Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. Man. See, because you can pray to God when you're in the midst of stuff, but then you can celebrate afterwards. So you want to know, how do I live in wonder of God? You can pray, and then you can praise him afterwards when he shows up. Have a journal. Take note of it. Because you might write down some prayers that you forget about, and you go back to it and be like, oh, I did get that parking spot. I had enough for groceries that day. Whatever it is that you're experiencing, if you're jotting down your prayer requests because you're like, God, I want you to show me the wonders of your love, you'll be able to then respond based on the wonders of his love and celebrate in praise for all that he's done in your life. Now, Charles uh, Spurgeon is a famous theologian. This is what he said about these verses. The wonder of extraordinary love is that God should make it such an ordinary thing. he should give to us marvelous love kindness and yet should give it so often that it becomes a daily blessing and yet remains marvelous still. That's how much God loves you. That he pours love on you every single day. He pours his heart out to you every single day and says, you are worth it. You are loved. You are kind. It happens so frequently that you should say this should become ordinary, but it's not because he's an extraordinary God. This is a place where you can respond, you can shout back, you can be excited about what God's doing because he's moving and he's in this place and he wants you to know that he loves you. That he will never leave you or forsake you, but he is with you because God will work all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his plan. See, and you might say, man, I love God so much and I'm just trying to get through life. I'm trying to figure these things out and nothing's going my way. And it's like, are you living for you or are you living for him? Because when you start to pray to God to say, show me the wonders of your love, you'll see it. Because he gives good gifts 
Like Melissa said last week, he gives good gifts. I want to leave one more section here from David. I told you I love David. Very intricate with his words, but here in Psalm 65, 1 to 8. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer. To you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. He forgives. God forgives. He does not hold anything against you. Your sin is as far as the east is from the west. So don't let your sins hold you back from being in a relationship with God because he just wants more of you. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas who form the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with the awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you can call forth songs of joy. And that's why we sang joy to the world this morning, because Jesus is a joy to the world that we can sing and celebrate. And it would sound really weird if you were singing wonders if his love, right? But that's how we're living. We're living as a wonders if his love. Like, is it going to come through? Is it going to be there for me? So God's like, no, live in wonders of his love. Because we get to do that. He will give us his righteousness. Righteousness is just a fancy word for getting right with God. Just like repentance is a fancy word for saying, turn around and go the other direction toward God. These are not bad words. These are words that say God is waiting for you and you just have to turn into his arms. He's not a God that's sitting up there just waiting to strike down with an anvil or a lightning strike to take you out because you're not living right. No, he is a God of mercy and love. He is just and he is kind. John 3.16, that's a verse a lot of people know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That is a call to anyone. It didn't say if, right? There's no if in that statement. For all who come, all are welcome. See, but the verse after it is just, just as powerful. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save it. And we get to be a part of that with him. There's some of you here in this room today that have been like, you know what, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I've never accepted him into my heart and to say, yes, I believe in who he is. There's no crazy routine you have to go through to have salvation. It's just if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. But it's about faith. It's about believing in what you can't see because there's moments in our lives where we just want it all to make sense. We want to figure it all out. We want to study and research and get it all together before we make that decision. But faith, faith is about living in wonder of God, saying, I'm going to believe even when I don't see it because I need this, because I've felt it, because I've experienced it, and I know that the love of God is real and it is here. So right now, we want to give you an opportunity to make that decision if you've never made that decision before. So I'm going to have everyone bow your heads, close your eyes. This is a safe place. This is a moment between you 
and God. This is a chance for you to step into a relationship with Jesus, the God of the universe who loves you, who will never leave you or forsake you, and he is with you. And on the count of three, if that's you, I'm going to ask if you would shoot your hand up into the air. One, God sees you. Two, you will never be alone. And three, if that's you, shoot your hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There is a celebration happening in heaven right now at those decisions that were just made. There is a celebration taking place. You can put your hands down now, but thank you. We'd love to lead you in a prayer now because it's so important to respond outwardly to what God's just done in your heart. It makes it so much more real. So if everyone could keep their head bowed and their eyes closed, we're going to pray together. And if we could just follow after me in this prayer and everyone do it out loud for the sake of those who made that decision to help them in the process. God, thank you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that we can live in wonder of you. We believe that Jesus came, that he died for our sins, and that he raised again. And now he is in heaven with God. We thank you for lives changed and transformed in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate that here? Yes. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.